0: God is good. Amen. So we had a a pretty fruitful week. What do you think? It, uh, you know, definitely a time, energy, effort, finance, a lot of of things happened this week. And uh, so uh, I felt like the whole week was productive. Even our CR night was a great night with Brother Mike had shared his uh, testimony. And man, tore it up, man. God is good, Amen. We've had uh, just some great things going on, and um, I'm hoping that t- today I'm going to kind of do a, kind of a part two of some things I shared last week, and I just want to kind of expand, you know, expound on it a little bit more. And I'm going to the Book of Acts, if uh, you'll go with me there, and I'm going to go to um, chapter 26 is where I'm going to start. Now there's a few of these things I'm just going to touch on and move on and the reason being is because my midweek uh studies online there with uh, the Book of Acts, I took a lot of this and actually dissected it a little bit uh a little bit more in depth. And so I'm uh just not going to spend a lot of time on part of this, but I do want to recall uh some of the stuff we kind of closed with last week and out of verse 18, this was the basically the commission on Paul uh of course he's you know changed to paul his name was changed to paul he had that road to damascus experience and uh uh the lord basically gave him marching orders all right and this is what he was called to do he's called to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light come on now from the power of satan to god that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Of course, that was Jesus talking uh, to Paul. So he gave them a commission. First off, get the lights on. Right? Get the lights on. Try to open some eyes here. Be the light. Be a difference maker here. Uh, turn them from the dark. Get them get to the light. Amen. Get them out of the grip of the enemy into the arms of the Lord. Come on now. Uh, you know, the, the instruct them that they're, uh, because of what Jesus did, the price that was paid, that their sins have been forgiven, there's been a price paid, they're redeemed, come on, right? And then goes on, and they have an inheritance in him, right? But he, it says, among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now, a lot of times you look at that and you think, well, you know, a lot of those other people, they're deserving of this or that, but you have to remember Jesus paid a price so that everything everybody else got, you could get. And there's a lot said in that verse, and believe me, I could spend a many. In fact, I have. I think I've done a whole series on that verse alone, uh, taking it you know uh, piece by piece. But I wanted to bring it out today because I'm going to talk about you know being a vessel of influence. Last week we talked about influencing our world around us. I think my midweek service talked about impacting our generation, and uh, and I did touch on that a little bit last week and. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're called to be difference makers. That's what we're called to do. And uh, it does not it's not saying that everybody's called to do the same thing. Look at your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. You know, I've touched on it before. I said, you know, if you ain't called to do children's ministry, please don't, because it could be dangerous. If you're not called to go in the prison, please don't, because it may not work out for you. All right, is anybody hearing me? We can go on and on and on. Not everybody's called to to influence or impact or imprint others in the same way. Another word is impart, which is going to be kind of a key word here before we're done uh, today. But the bottom line is we're all still called to do something. We're all called, amen, to be difference makers. Now, I have a, uh, I might even have mentioned this last week. I don't know if I did or not, but, you know, I have favorite. Favorite book, favorite chapter, favorite verse, that kind of a thing. And maybe you do too. And I love Proverbs. Proverbs is probably my favorite book just because it's stuff that applies to everyday living as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And it's something that you can can glean and learn every day and, and better your walk in God by just spending time in Proverbs. I love Romans 8. That's my chapter. Praise God. I could probably find a verse in every sermon I do. At least one verse can come out of Romans 8 and plug it in there somewhere. But this is probably one of my favorite verses, though, right here, out of Acts 26 and verse 18, because I believe with all my heart that really is part of our commission. We're here to turn on the lights if we can. We're here to imprint people, to influence people, to impress people with anything we can in order to somehow, amen, impart something into them to help change their life or to move them uh, in the right direction. Can I hear a big amen? Everything that happened, amen, last week, and uh, you know we spent quite a bit of time uh, you know, fixing a building up, doing all kinds of things. Why? The idea is to give the wow factor, because if we can just kind of somehow open up the heart enough that we can get the gospel in there, amen, that somehow will change their life, touch their life, praise God, amen, and turn them in a the right direction. To me, especially with children's ministry, I call it preventive medicine. Come on, somebody. If you can get them right, you know, from the start, you know, imprint them in a, in a way that, you know, maybe they won't go squirrely on you. Come on now. That's that's a good thing. Come on now. But we have other ministries that in case they do go squirrely, that'll help in those ways too. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, the idea of everything that we do is, that, you know, the idea is to try to somehow uh, imprint, you know, the gospel amen, the truth, amen, as He says here, to open their eyes in order to turn them from the dark to the light, amen. Now, how many know, amen, uh, you're called uh, to be uh, a difference maker, amen? Can I hear a bigger amen? Amen. Now, the word uh, influence, let me go ahead and define that again. The word influence means the capacity or the power to produce effects on or in others, means to impact, imprint, impress, impart, a lot of M words there, but uh, that's what it refers to. If you'll turn to, to, uh, let's put the Philippians 2 uh, reference up there, another verse that we kind of hit on, praise God, it just uh, brings us out, Philippians 2 and uh, verse, I believe it's verse 15, let me check and verify, but I believe that's right, hallelujah, 2 and 15, that's it, and of course it's in the middle of a sentence, but I kind of want to uh, just kind of read through it that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fall in the midst, in the midst, everybody say in the midst? In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Now, how many know that's you probably don't get much crooked and much more, much more crooked or perverse than what we're probably seeing even today? It's pretty nuts. Even back then they were saying it was crooked and perverse. I don't know what they'd call it now, maybe. Uh, in the amplified version, it'd probably be Anyway, I'll leave it alone. But anyway, it says, among whom, in other words, in the midst of that generation, among whom we're all called to shine as lights in the world. That's what we're called to do. Now, just to define some things, the word to shine means to lighten. Uh, Literally, first you're lightening, to lighten your surroundings, uh, to appear, to be seen, it means. The word light means illuminator. You're an illuminator. Amen. You're called to enlighten others. You're called to help make to see. It literally means radiant energy making sight possible. Radiant energy making sight possible. See, what's in you is radiant energy to help make sight possible for others. Paul was a vessel of influence. Amen. Knowing that he's the light. Amen. He's called to, amen, open eyes. Turn on the lights, amen. Get them out of the dark, into the light, praise God, amen. He was an illuminator. Now, how many know that's what you are? In fact, let's real quickly look at a couple references. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5 says that you are all sons of light, or we could say sons and daughters of light, right? Just refers to those of the household of faith here. You're all sons of light. And sons of the day, we are not of the night nor of the darkness. Amen. So you have the potential, amen, to walk around, amen, with that radiant energy, amen, to make sight possible for others. That's what we're called to do. Amen. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 says that, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And here he goes. here's the, the marching orders. Walk as children of light. In other words, you too are vessels of influence. Everywhere you go, that's, what you, that's who you are. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean everybody does the same thing. It just means that we're called at least to have the understanding of who we are as children of God, that we're not just somebody that comes and takes a seat up in a, uh, you know, in a pew or some chair. Amen. I we're, we're a difference maker everywhere we go. Now, we come to church to receive, to brighten our light, hopefully, go from glory unto glory. Come on, somebody. But the idea is that we, everywhere we go, have the understanding of who we are as vessels of influence. Amen. That's who we are. God uses every one of us in some way or capacity. I love hearing all the different ways that God works. Amen. Some people reach children. Some people reach Uh, you know, the, uh, the elderly. Some people reach the inmate. Some people, amen, reach the businessman. Some people, praise God, amen, reaching readers out there by writing books, praise God. I mean, there's influencers. A lot of you in here are very good at influencing. I'm just trying to brighten her up some more because all of you have some kind of Uh, you know, some kind of a way that God uses you to help make a difference. Amen. I always look at it, we're difference makers, we're environment influencers, atmosphere adjusters. Man, when you walk in a room, get enough of us in the room, it's the way it should be. Amen. Your suburb swears, community changers, everywhere you go, amen, we're called to make a difference, amen. We're called to be the light. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, if you kind of, you know, look at that reference, he said that you are the light of the world, verse 14, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house, amen. In other words, know your purpose. Amen. The light is there to give light to others. So he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I'm hopefully going to expand on that a little bit today. God has set it up so that they can see your good works. Amen. Yes. And then bring glory unto God. Why? Because it's obvious that the good works that they see in you, amen, magnifies the goodness of your God. Come on now. When you show up, you help create an atmosphere that's conducive for God to do something. And if you do it right, praise God, they will glorify God, amen, just because of what they have seen in your life. And it doesn't even have to be much. It's just, it's just that you're doing what you should be doing and purposing to walk it right, stay clean, all that kind of stuff, share your faith when you can, encourage others when you can, hallelujah, do all kinds of, there's just so many simple things that we can do that makes a difference in the life of other people. Sometimes just showing up makes a difference. Oh, hallelujah. I know even in our prayer times, we know when one of our intercessors is not there that day. You can tell. You can feel it because there's something about it when they're all there and present. It helps do something with the atmosphere, praise God. It gives God, hallelujah, more room to move or whatever it is. I don't know, but all I know is, praise God, lights are coming on, hallelujah, is how this thing works. Can I hear a big amen? Praise God. Like I said last week, our walk is always a very personal thing, but it's never private. Your light is meant to be seen. Let your light so shine. Amen. And I believe that's exactly how he instructed Paul. He says, everywhere you go, you're called to turn on the lights because you're called to be light. Bring them, take them out of the dark. Get them into the light, praise God. Open eyes, amen. Get them out of the grip of the enemy. How do you do that? By being the light. Hallelujah. You know, I think about just, you know, you know, we did a, you know, VBS last week. We did a rodeo Bible camp last week. And we're grateful, you know, again, about between the two events we saw basically just right at or just over 100 kids come to Christ. But it's not just the kids that get affected by it. The families get affected by it. The helpers, the I mean, like you think. I think I brought that out last week. That you know, you're you got these guys that are bringing in all this rodeo stock for these kids, and you know they're just there because you know they that's their stock, and they're bringing it, and they they get paid to do all that, and it's it's not a cheap it. It, it costs money to do that kind of stuff, and and they're there, and then they get to see everything that's going on and hear everything that's being taught and preached, and Jesus is being shared. And many of those men and women who have done that have come to Christ. Come on, just by showing up at a rodeo Bible camp for kids, and you'd be amazed how many parents of these kids who have come to Christ, Amen, because of those things. Be amazed how many parents have been touched by a VBS because of what it's done for their child. I'm just saying, see, it's not It's not just, amen, uh, one life that was touched and changed. It, it affects a family. It affects a community. It affects a region. And all we got to do is just be the light. Turn on the lights. Come on now. Don't hide that light. Don't don't forget about your purpose. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. We're in the book of Acts, let's, or I was, I guess. Back to let's go to chapter 17 of the book of Acts. I want to talk a little bit more about this Paul fella because he was a vessel of influence everywhere That's how he thought. And uh, chapter 17. There we go, verse 16, there we go. It says, now while Paul waited for them, and he was waiting for uh, Silas and Timothy here, he was waiting for them at Athens, okay? Now his spirit, says, was provoked within him. Everybody say provoked. Okay, he was provoked. I love this. Sometimes we just need to get provoked. Come on now. The word provoked itself means to be stirred up, aroused up, motivated literally means to sharpen alongside, which means literally to be challenged, to, to do your part. Amen. But the word that jumped in my spirit was initiative. Amen. Gumption, drive. Amen. But it literally means an endeavor to do something. And it means this. And in, in, here we go. It means an enterprising spirit. Enterprising spirit. Which just means I'm ready to do whatever it takes to get the job done. He was motivated, he was stirred up, he was provoked when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Everywhere he looked, there was an idol. And in Athens at that time, especially, I don't it might even still be that way, I don't know. But at that time, there was a, an idol for every kind of god you could think of sun god, the moon god, you know, fertility god, the, you know, I mean, on and on and on, just God of this and the God of that, the God of this and the God of that. And then Paul, you know, he's sitting there looking at all this, and all of a sudden he sees one that says, to the unknown God, just in case we forgot one, we're going to put up an idol for that guy because we don't want him to feel left out. So Paul's looking at all this, and if you read through the story, amen, you find out that Paul took an opportunity. Why? Because he he was provoked. He took some initiative. Amen. He took an opportunity and he saw it and he says, I can use that to turn the lights on, to open their eyes, to get them out of the dark, into the light, to do something to somehow, amen, influence them, impact them, somehow imprint the gospel into them, to somehow impart God into them, taking whatever avenue, whatever opportunity I can. So he says, I come to you today to represent the unknown God. He's the one that created it all. He's the one who's above it all. He's the one, hallelujah, in whom we live and move and have our being. He's the one, praise God. And guess what he got himself? An opportunity, praise God, to change a city took an opportunity. Amen. It's amazing what God can do. Hallelujah. Let's go get a bunch of rodeo stock and teach kids how to how to rodeo. Why? Because it might be an opportunity to share the gospel. Let's let's build elephants and jeeps and let's hang stuff on the wall and have funky lights and upbeat music and Why? Let's have a bouncy house. We spent a thousand bucks for a bouncy house. Somebody said, Why would you do that? Because it's an opportunity. They liked it. And my crew leaders were grateful (laughs) at times. (laughs) The point is okay, what's it about? It's about opportunity. What can we do to somehow influence these young people? What would it take? to somehow open the door to their heart to get the gospel in. And we can go on and on with every kind of outreach, every kind of thing that either we're involved in or things that that maybe we help support. We go on and on and on, and every one of those things, and and many of them do things that, you know, they're they're just called to do it, man. So just get behind it, support it. Here we go, praise God. I'm just saying there's all kinds of ways. So he takes an opportunity and says that unknown God is the one in whom I come to, uh, you know, to represent. That's who I represent. So there, now he's got everybody's attention, their ear, and he goes on and begins to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gets people turned around, gets them on the right path. Can I hear a big amen? Go to the book of Romans now, chapter 1. Are you all doing okay, or am I boring you today? Well, even if you said yes, I'd keep going. But anyway, I don't want you bored, though. <clears throat> now, one of the words that jumps out at me um, when it comes time to influence is the word impart, to imprint or to, to impart. And, uh, and I'm kind of primarily looking at stuff that Paul wrote because Paul took it pretty serious when it came time to being a difference maker, when it came time to being a vessel of influence, he took it pretty serious, even in his writings. We see it all through it, praise God. But he said this in Romans 1 and verse, uh, verse well, it's, yeah, verse 11. We'll just read it. I think that'd be fine. For I long to see you that I may impart, everybody say impart, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Okay, spiritual substance. I want to impart spiritual substance to you and in you that you may be established. The word established means confirmed, set, or strengthened. But get this, established means to turn in a certain direction resolutely. So part of what he's called to do, amen, remember, to turn them from the dark into the light, to turn them out, you know, to pull them out of the grip of the enemy into the arms of the Lord, amen, to bring them into the understanding of the price that was paid for them, to understand their inheritance. All of this, praise God, hallelujah. He's talking all this and how this is gonna happen by me to impart something into you. And I wanna just say this, okay? You hear this right, but sometimes it's not always about salvation. Sometimes it's about impartation. Now, I say that loosely because most of the time when you say the word salvation or saved, everybody just, mind just goes to a born-again experience, which is really, it's not just talking about a born-again experience, right? Salvation is much more than that. Now, it starts with a born-again experience. That's the tip of the iceberg and probably the most critical. But it's not everything. The Lord has come, paid a price for all areas of your life, amen, that once He gets you born again, He, looks, he wants to fix everything in your life if you'll let Him. Can I hear a big amen? So to me, the word salvation or even the word saved, uh, which is sozo or soteria, the two Greek words there, uh, means full meal deal, best way to say it. It's a full meal deal, full package, praise God. So when I talk to you about, sometimes it isn't just about salvation, but about impartation, that's what I'm referring to, amen. So understand that he's here to impart. If I could say one thing about my uh, just what I know I'm called to do, I know it's about impartation. Whatever I can do to impart the truth. Impart, get the lights on. Come on, somebody. And, you know, that's just, to me, that's why that verse uh, rings so so uh, deep in me, praise God, because I feel like that's what I'm called to do and be, praise God. Amen. Uh, ro- verse 11 again. For, I, for uh, I long to see you that I may, here we go, impart to you, some spiritual gift or spiritual substance that, uh, so that you may be established. The word impart, Greek word, metodidomy. Okay, it's made up of two words brought together, but it means this, to transfer, to shape, or modify by association and connection. So what he's saying is I'm here, amen, to try to connect with you or associate with you. And remember, association always equals destination who you let associate who you associate with determines where you're going the idea is to associate with those that'll take you higher take you forward move you toward your future your destiny can i hear a big amen amen now he's talking about here amen i'm here to impart something amen through my connection with you through my association with you, amen, I am here to somehow shape or modify or add to your life. My my goal is to bring you from glory unto glory, from faith to faith, strength to strength, grace upon grace, and do it in any way that I can to get you on the right road, amen, so you can fulfill your God-given calling, amen. Can I hear a big amen? Hallelujah, that's what it's about, praise God. Amen. So he says, I'm here, amen, to impart, or I long to impart into you. Amen. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Look at another reference here. Still with me? Hallelujah. Now, all of this is dealing with uh, some form of influence, okay? It's about influence. We're here to influence you. It's just like this, okay? Not everybody uh, in the house needs to get saved. We all need Jesus. Come on, somebody. And if you ain't born again, let's get you born again. Come on. But most everybody, we should just say everybody, amen, at least somehow or another needs something added to their life. And we know the one that can, amen, take care of that. Right? Amen. Now, the point is this, amen, I always look at it this way. Everybody needs to have something imparted into them. See, if you preach long enough, hopefully I'll get something that touches you. The point is this, praise God. The idea is that somehow or another, one way or another, there's something that can be said, amen, that can affect your life, amen. Now, you might be born again, but you're offended. So you need impartation. You might be born again, but you fight sickness and disease. You need an impartation. You might be saved, come on, but you might have marital issues or, or fi- uh, you know, uh, kid issues or something, so you probably need an impartation. The idea is to, see, it doesn't matter where we're at in our walking God, there's always a place, amen, to be imparted into, to be influenced in a way, amen, that it keeps you on the right road moving forward and being all that you could be, amen, doing all that you can do. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 8 says this, so affectionately longing for you. Here he says it this way. This is the same. Remember, Paul's the one writing these things. We were well pleased, here we go, to impart to you not only the gospel of God. See, this is what we're talking about. Not only the gospel. How many know the gospel needs to be imparted, but not only the gospel is being imparted here. He says also our own lives have been imparted into you. Because uh, you had become dear to us. In other words, the idea is there's always a piece of us too being imparted into you. We take that serious. Amen. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. That's why we purpose to live clean, live right. Because there's a piece of us getting in you. So it's not just the gospel that we're preaching, but a piece of our life into you. Amen. And Paul, I think, just brings that out so, so uh, plainly, praise God. Amen. When we're talking about influence, amen. That's why when we are talking earlier about being the light, remember, see, there's a piece of you, amen, that can affect that life. Sometimes just by an, a word of encouragement, stopping when somebody has a need and I say, you know what, can I pray for you? You'd be amazed at just a piece of you now right there is not only the gospel being presented, but there's a piece of your life now being imparted, imprinted into their life that could forever change their life. There are people in my life over the last 35 to 40 years who have a little piece of each one of the things I can remember that because of what that gentleman did, because of what that lady did, because of what that preacher did. Come on, somebody, because of what that helper did, because of what that child did. Amen. It imparted something into me that changed my life. I can can go back to most every major revelation I had, amen, all came from a a minister of the gospel who said something that somehow right at that moment made an imprint in me, it was imparted into me that I never lost. Amen. Now we can all say, well, you know, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. Yes, it is, but it, it took vessels of influence. It took God using vessels of influence that made a difference. It takes God using you and using me as vessels of influence to make a difference in our households, our families, our communities, our region, our state, our nation. Can I hear a big amen? It's what it takes. We can go back in church history, and it doesn't even have to be church history, but we uh, we could go back in church history and look at how key individuals who just, just took on the, the the bidding and the calling of God to go be that vessel of influence. Paul was deaf. I mean, think about this right now. We're being affected, okay, by a man who was obedient to the Holy Ghost to write some things down that today in 2021, what month is this? June, what day is this? 27th of June of 2021, I got the year right. Anyway, uh, we're here reading things that this man, this vessel of influence was obedient to record it. Then it got passed down, passed. Come on, right? And what? So to the point that now it affects you and me. So you think about that, and I think about any other individual who's willing to just be used by God in any capacity. And, and, and so many times we we look at our lives and we think, well, you know, who am I? What can I do? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not like that person or that person. That's why the Word warns you about comparing yourself with others. Because you're not called to be that other person. You're just called to do your part. Amen. Amen. Now, I didn't give you all a license to be lazy. There's some things that I'm not called to do, but I don't have a problem rolling up my sleeves and helping. Thank you very much for all that enthusiasm. Come on now. So, you better. You know, hear that right, all right? But I am saying this, that not everybody's called to do the same thing, but be willing to be used by God in some capacity to be a difference maker. All right? If we all do this thing right, we can get out of here. Come on. We all do our part. We can win people to Christ, get our city saved, community saved, nation turned around. Come on now. Because it is crazy out there. I don't know if you noticed. So it needs a little more Jesus. All right. So anyway, he says here, I'm here to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Let's look at another reference here. Go to Ephesians 4. Hallelujah. We're talking about influence. We're talking about impartation, imprinting, amen, into the lives of others, doing whatever it takes, amen, to do that. Uh, Ephesians 4, let us I'm going to go to verse 28. There's a lot said prior to this. He just got done saying not to give the enemy place, right? But we are to give God place. So he said this, let him who stole steal no longer, amen, but rather let him labor working with his hands, what is good that he may have something to give him who has need, okay? So first off, you know, it's kind of a, you know, commission here, you know, uh, you know, Get out there, work with your hands, do something, bring in some income, whatever, not just to meet your needs, not just to uh, you know, pay your bills, but to think about others. This word here, to give, is metodidomy, to impart. He's talking about you, your, even your substance that you bring in is about always be ready to hear God about impartation. Help meet needs, and whatever capacity that is. Now, uh, you know somebody said, "Well, you're a preacher; you're talking money." <sighs> whatever. Your money in the gospel is about impartation. If you like, truly brought that out today, Amen. If you, if it comes in, it's about hopefully to be used in a way that gets the gospel out there. But it isn't just about that. Sometimes God uses you to meet a need for another, to help, be a blessing. I've been very fortunate over the years. Uh, a lot of people have, you know, blessed us and been, you know, very, very good to us. Um, and, and, I, you know, I praise the Lord for that. Uh, have honored us with, with things and uh, substance and stuff. But when somebody hands me, uh, let's just say they hand me a $100 bill, Let's just say they hundred, handed me a $100 bill. <laughs> Didn't work, did it? But Let's say I had a $100 bill in my, <laughs> in my hand. I always hear God. This is just me. You do what you want, but this is how I do it. Somebody hands me something. All right, then I stop for a second. Where does he want me to do it? Does he want me to put it in the front? This is how it works for me. Put it in the front pocket or the back pocket. And I just, I just hear God on it. Because sometimes sometimes it is to meet a need you have. But sometimes you're just a vessel of influence or a channel of influence. And sometimes God uses you, amen, that it comes in, it's ready to go out and meet the need of somebody else. Can I hear an amen? Now, I know none of that was probably any of your business, but the bottom line is, to me, that's how serious this is. I don't want to be guilty of hanging on to something that could make a difference in somebody else's life, especially if my God is leading me to do that. Because influence is important. You are the light. And the light includes more than just sharing the gospel. Sometimes it's just about flat out just meet a need because it might be the very thing that opens up a heart to move them toward, amen. Remember, see, it's, it's what they see in you that brings glory unto your God. And it could very well be the thing that opens the door that, amen, turns them, amen, to be more of a recipient of what God is trying to do. Is, it, is this making sense? Now, he didn't just stop there. Verse 29 now. Let's look at that. It goes on to say, then, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification or the the building up. In other words, don't let your words be things that tear down, but words that build up, that it may then impart, there's that word again, grace to the hearers. The word impart, again, metademy, all right? The word grace, charis, right? The same word that we normally, amen, that that uh, divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. So God not only uses your, your substance, but sometimes He'll just use your words. That's why it's so important, amen, to not speak words that tear down, but words that build up because it's about influence some of you've been marked by words that have amen tore down am i right i'm not trying to bring up a bad thing and sometimes people say things maybe out of their they're busy they're Uh, overwhelmed, they're stressed out, you know, they don't mean it, but it just the moment, and there it is, and people remember that stuff, and it affects, and some people even get offended by it, and their whole life are offended or hurt based on words that tear down, are you with me? Now, my point in saying that is, think about now, if a negative word can tear up an individual, Think about what a positive word could do in their life. That's why it's so important to think about these things. Because it's all about influence. It's all about imprint, impart. Come on now. Im, you know, right, right? To plug something in that's going to build them up. If you'll just use to, or pardon me, learn to use the words to influence in a positive way. Now, my my point today is that there's all kinds of ways. That's really my point in doing this today. Paul saw saw himself as a vessel of influence, encouraged everybody else to be a vessel of influence, just like Jesus encouraged you to be the light, to be a vessel of influence. He wanted to use you to do these things, and there are so many ways to do it. Amen. Through the ministry of the gospel, Amen, just by being there and being a, an encourager, by your, incre- your increase or your income or your substance, however you want to say it, amen, your things, or God can use, praise God, your words. Amen. All kinds of ways God can use you to be a vessel of influence. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise. If you did, come on. Yes, ma'am. You got it on? It is.
1: It's on. Okay. We need to be clear in this, in this season we're in, in our nation, in our communities, in our school districts. The only way that the presence of evil exists is because there's an absence of good. The only way that evil can exist is with the absence of good. We need to realize that even in our families. The only re- And so what we have to do is you can't fight evil with a demonic strategy. You can't fight evil by lying because the word says that you overcome evil with good. And good always conquers evil. But we have an absence of good because we thought we'd come in here and be good and go out there and live however we feel. And so what we have to understand is we have to put the good on, the armor of light on. And whether we're teaching in a school, where we're working in a business, where we're um, operating in a leadership capacity, anywhere we're at, the words of God, the life of God will overcome the evil. But the only way evil exists is with the absence of good. And God will always give you the strategy of good to conquer any evil that you uh, embark upon. Any evil that you come in connection with. There is a good within you to conquer that evil. And we let the evil prevail. We let them take Bibles out of school. We let them take prayer out of school. And what happened is we adapted as the church of the living God to the evil so there was no standard of good. And it's time for us to become the good again to push back the evil and let them know this is the standard of the God we serve and the God that started this nation. And we will not allow evil to have it any longer because the good has